Hello, everyone. This is another episode of A Moment in History. We're coming off somewhat of a break. I believe this is our 54th interview, although I'm not entirely sure, maybe 55. Um, it is December 17th, 2020. This is WCCS Podcast. I am Harrison Zyberg, and if my guests would like to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Magna. I go to the University of Maryland. Um, I'm a physiology and neurobiology and criminology double major there, and I'm a freshman right now. Um, so I want to go back months now. Do you remember the first moment you learned about COVID? Yeah, I don't remember the specific moment, but it was sometime around December last year. We were actually in a museum of modern art. We were in New York, and that's like the time when um, COVID just, like the first incidence of COVID was recently there. And I remember learning about it during that time and just being precautionary in terms of like being able to like make sure that I was safe in New York, New York since it was still like on the spread at that time. So um, that was like the first time I learned about it. At that time, I never knew it would be a whole uh, worldwide pandemic, but I mean, that time was like, we knew it was kind of serious at that time. And you say, are you, are you from New York? No, I'm from Maryland, but we had a field trip in New York. Okay. So you were in, so you're a freshman this year, which would mean you were a high school senior when this started. Yeah. Um, I'm very glad to never have to go through the college process again. So I just want to know what was it like having to go through the college process and make the transition um, from high school to college during the middle of COVID? Yeah, so it was definitely not a very easy transition. We never got a definitive high school graduation experience, nor was I able to go to prom. So I mean, it still feels super surreal that all this is happening since I still mentally think that I'm a high schooler since we never really had that proper closure. So I wasn't able to say goodbye to my friends properly. I think it was March 13th when MCPS schools closed. So that was like the last time I met my friends um, in person at least. And so it was definitely very, a very, I guess, meta experience in terms of transitioning from high school to college. But I think the transition has been pretty difficult also, meeting new classmates in college is, as it is, a very difficult thing to do as you find your own niche in um, college. But at the same time, right now, I haven't really been able to, like, interact with too many people. So it's definitely, like, in terms of social circles, in terms of establishing myself amongst, like, professors um, and in classes in general, it's definitely been a difficult transition. Um. So uh, were you on campus this semester or was it all virtual for you? Or I was virtual. I wasn't on campus, which kind of added that like distance mm -hmm. between, um, I guess, like me and my academic career and stuff. So then what was, what was classes like for you? I mean, in general, but also, if, also um, how was classes for you in your first semester of college? And also, if you can remember back to your last semester of senior year in high school, mm -hmm. uh, what were those classes like and how do they compare? Okay, so I think at the end of senior year, a lot of seniors do have senioritis since a lot of the um, college classes are over, or not college classes, college applications are over. Um, so I remember the semester, last semester wasn't too difficult. Um, we had a couple of projects here and there. Barely anyone showed up to like teacher's office hours or anything or class time since no one really cared about school at that point anymore, to be completely honest. But um, college is a whole different story. The teachers, I think, take it for granted that being online makes stuff easier, and I'm using quotation marks because it's not necessarily easier. I mean, we still, work is work, and whether we have to do it in person 
or virtually, it's definitely a lot of hard work. And I think a lot of professors have been adding up more and more homework just because they think that we're able to handle it. And their curves haven't been as lenient either. So in terms of that, yeah, college virtually is definitely more difficult. And I think a lot of the teachers are very passionate about the subjects they teach, but that passion is not really, it's not really conveyed to us since like, I guess like in a virtual atmosphere, you can't really understand how much a person's interested in their own um, work of field or something like that. And also like research opportunities and stuff are just not as accessible anymore. You said um, you talked about your, what you want to study a little bit at the very beginning. Um, what drew you to those fields of study? Um, well, criminology is actually a recent thing that I've been interested in. Um, my second semester senior year in high school, I actually had a law teacher who was really interesting. And so that's like where I got interested in criminology. Whereas I think physiology and neurobiology, I'm a pre-med student. So like going to medical school has been one of my lifelong dreams since I was like five years old. Um, of course, like over the years, it's only strengthened. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested in neurobiology, especially because I remember watching a Ben Carson do documentary like in middle school. And I think ever since then, I've been like exploring that field even more over the years. And I just have grown to love it even more. Has this, has this year um, in general with COVID, I guess thinking beyond that, has that affected how you view what you study or what you want to do after college? Yeah, I think um, in terms of what I want to study, it's pretty much the same. But in terms of taking a gap year, I've been more open to that idea since before I used to think, you know, the med school process is a long one. I just don't want to take a gap year at all. I just want to keep going. But I feel like this year I've missed out on so many experiences, especially clinical experiences, which are very important. Um, to have like for aspiring doctors and stuff. Since I do want to meet patients in person, I do want to interact with them. However, there are not as many opportunities, as I said. And so I think that definitely has led me to consider a gap year, even though I'm still not completely sure I do want to pursue one. But in terms of interests, otherwise, I mean, like my passion for medicine has still remained the same. Of course, I think these have been testing times for um, aspiring pre-med students since I think seeing what happens with a lot of healthcare workers has definitely been shocking since seeing that they weren't exactly treated as they should have been throughout this entire process was um, a bit shocking to say the least and being able to risk your life out there just for patients and well not just for patients for patients I think that was definitely an eye-opening process but despite that I still think I'd be interested in medicine because there's no, nowhere like I'd see myself otherwise. So the vaccine has started to come up uh, mm. fairly recently in the past few days. It's definitely, it's not near uh, mass use yet, but hopefully in the next few months. With that in mind, when do you think you'll be able to shake someone's hand without feeling weird about it? Mm. Yeah, I think definitely, um, by next fall for sure. But I think in general, like not only shaking someone's hand, but I think being able to interact with people, a lot of Gen Z at least um, claim to be introverted and stuff. So I think being able to, and plus we are mostly, we mostly communicate through social media as it is. So I think after this experience, social skills will probably be something we need to build off of um, 
in future semesters or future years or like future months. I think it'll be okay after a couple of years, but definitely being able to like interact with one another in person and being able to like, I guess, um, secondhand, like second naturely, like shake each other's hands. I think that'll take a while since we won't necessarily be as trusting of one another since I think our generation we think that a lot of us like party and stuff so we just don't want to get like closer than six feet to each other and I think going back to that process again would take quite a while I guess like by next year though I would personally be comfortable with shaking the hands of like I guess my friends and stuff. Do you think there are going to be um, long-lasting effects on people around our age college age students this is a sort of act as a generational moment? Yeah, I definitely think there will be long lasting effects, especially since um, like it's been such a long time since we've interacted with people. It's been almost a year. So obviously there are bound to be some long lasting psychological effects, but I think also um, the importance of social media in our lives will probably take a completely new turn since, especially with TikTok and stuff, I think, um, people will generally tend to prefer social media over real life interactions since that's especially what they're comfortable with. And I think especially not only our generation, since we're a bit older, I think kids in middle school and elementary school are more um, prone to like falling into that pattern of interacting over social media only, or just interacting over Zoom as opposed to making that effort to meet one-on-one -on -one in person. Um, or not one-on-one, -on -one, but like in groups in person, because obviously coordinating the time is definitely difficult, coordinating the location. And I think Zoom meetings are much more convenient. And since they don't really know the, I guess, the importance of like interacting in person and they don't, they haven't really experienced that, I don't think they'll miss it as much um, and they'll be okay with communicating over Zoom. Um, this may be a weird question, but it's one I've asked before, I guess not weird, but um, I think I, I may know the answer since you are, since you said you're a first semester college student and you actually get to go on campus. Mm -hmm. But did you have any, at the start of 2020, did you have any year long plans or like plans within this year that you wanted to do that COVID or other circumstances stopped from happening? Yes, absolutely. So um, since it was the summer after my graduation year, I definitely wanted to go out and travel. Um, I learned French for the past six years, actually, and I kind of wanted to go to France to like use it for something because I would obviously forget it in like a couple of months. So I definitely wanted to do that. I wanted to go visit family in India since um, all my family lives in India. So and I haven't met them for the past three years because of internships during summer. And so definitely this was the one summer where I plan to travel for the most part and just take it easy. Um, I mean, I did take it easy, but like the traveling part did not happen. Um, and I think the entire dorming experience was something that I was willing to be a part of, like moving in with my roommate, being able to like have karaoke nights on Fridays or whatever. Um, those are definitely experiences that I missed out on. And I don't think I'll ever be able to get back, but it's okay. Like at this point, we've learned to just like live with those um, experiences. Uh, during these past few months, have you turned to any um, new TV shows or movies or music or hobbies that you either rediscovered or hadn't been doing before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I played a lot of piano, which I haven't been able to over the past few years. Although I've been learning piano since I was like four. So like, um, definitely learn having more time to play that was more fun and play more pieces that I enjoy. Um, I also 
learned baking. Like I baked a lot of stuff during quarantine, which I never knew I'd be okay at. I thought every single time I was near the oven, I knew the house would burn down, but it's okay. Like nothing burned down, fortunately. Um, in terms of music, I think initially, I also have a radio show, so I was talking about this the other day, but um, I think initially I was more into like more energetic music, like mainstream pop and stuff, but I've gotten into a lot of R&B um, over the past few months and stuff because, and more like less mainstream pop artists since I think um, for the quarantine, like I didn't really vibe with those like upbeat songs during quarantine since most of the time it would just be a very low key afternoon where we would just not, I would just not be doing anything. And I think during that time, the more calm atmosphere, I think R&B suited that um, atmosphere better, I guess, in general. Any particular artists? Um, well, I mean, I don't know if they're R&B, but like I've started listening to Conan Gray and Rule, who are two very good artists that I never thought I'd really appreciate before. But like, I mean, now I really like their songs and stuff. And I also listen to KRNB, so like a bunch of um, Crush and like other artists like that. So because this will be on the indie, this will be online, um, you could listen back to this in a few years from now and hear yourself as a college freshman talking about their experiences this year. Mm -hmm. Is there a message you would like to send to future you? I mean, I guess one of the main messages is that this entire experience is not the end of the world. Like there's still so much to college, even though now I feel like I'm missing out on a lot. I think um, in the future, when I look back, I'll see it was just a semester of college that I missed out on. Next semester, I'm planning to be more active anyway. So I think um, definitely just pull through, I think, there's nothing really much that I'd want to say to myself since I don't think in the future, I, I, I think I wouldn't really miss out. But also like in general, just don't be as stressed about stuff. Cause I remember in high school, at least at the end of high school, I was very stressed about like not knowing um, what's gonna happen in the future. And even now with the entire dorming situation and just in general, just being stressed in general about the entire unfamiliarity of the situation. I think looking back, I'll definitely be able to tell myself to just remain calm. It's okay. Everything will work out at the end. Like um, everyone has been going through this. It's not only me that's been going through this process. And I think everyone should probably, I guess, like relax about the situation. I mean, it's definitely very unfortunate that we've had to go through this, but at the same time, we went through it together. Like FaceTiming my friends has been very, um, therapeutic throughout this experience and like I think as long as we work together everything at the end will turn out fine. Um, this may be instead of asking did I'll ask how much how much more stress did COVID add onto the college process onto the college choosing process? Mm -hmm. Yeah I think it added a bit more stress but the thing is that actually no because I I decided um, my college like when COVID was initially a thing so I'd I thought that at most this would occur till like August or something. I didn't know it would extend beyond that. So I think I was pretty certain that I'd be going to UMD from like the very beginning. I mean, there was like a couple of schools in Boston too, but especially after the COVID situation got worse and like I saw my college classmates having to move to other states, being alone in their dorms and everything and having to take all these precautions. I think I was especially glad that I 
chose summer that was close to home since, I mean, I think at least having my family around me was definitely better than, um, I guess, being stuck in an unfamiliar state with like virtually no access to the outside world. Can you tell us a little bit about your radio show and how you got involved with radio on campus? Yeah, sure. So, not Sabrina, Sabrina, she um, posted on her Facebook about the radio show. And I think speaking has been one of the things where I've been very apprehensive about like approaching since I do talk fast, as you you can probably notice. But um, I think this, when I heard about this opportunity at first, um, I was really interested since I love music and I love sharing my passion for music with others. And so, yeah, when Sabrina, Sabrina posted about it, I like wrote to her, I was like, oh, I'd be interested. I went to the club's fair and I saw um, the people who were there and they were like super energetic, super welcoming. And I was like, wait, this is something that I totally want to um, pursue in the future. And so then this semester, I mean, it's all been virtual. So like I've been broadcasting from my computer and I think there's a sense of comfort when I'm speaking to my computer, like not in front of a huge audience. And I think working towards that, working towards speaking in front of a huge audience in the future would be definitely um, a good experience to have and a good um, skill set to have. But until then, I think radio has really helped me be more confident in my thought process and like communicating that. And Generally, like most of the times I talk for about like say 15 ish minutes and then most of the times I just play music. So I think one of the hardest things as as of now is like choosing a specific topic for my radio show since I don't really know what exactly there's just so many topics out there that I do want to talk about, whether it be politics, especially with the presidential election and all politics, I guess, like day to day life um, and like, I guess, my music choice and stuff like that. So I still haven't come up with a solid topic that my radio show is about, but it's definitely getting narrowed down over the um, semester. Does your show have a name? Yeah, it's called Friendly Frequency. It's kind of cliche, but um, I couldn't find anything else. I'm really bad at coming up with names. For my radio show on campus, I just stole my sister's old name for the radio show, so I won't judge anyone on any name they have. (laughs) What Um, is it? Your parents' music which was, I think, no, hers was, at her college, your dad's music. So I just expanded it. Um, I also have to ask now, I forget to ask this question sometimes, but why did you agree to be interviewed by me? Because we don't know each other. Um, I've emailed you a few times now, and I interviewed Sabrina, who's also from your school, but why did you agree to this interview? Well, I mean, I think Sabrina, like, texted the entire group chat about it and I love being interviewed in general because I just like love talking to people and I love sharing my experiences with others um also I think finding interviews is an especially difficult thing since in high school I was part of the tide which is like our high school newspaper and I remember I'd be so thankful to people who like um were willing to be interviewed since like a lot of people were not willing to be interviewed and I think being able to like um being open to interviewing is definitely a fun experience since as an interviewer and an interviewee, I think I learned so much about myself and like about the interviewer or interviewee um, as well. And it's just a very enriching experience and also I guess like social interaction. Um, but yeah, it's definitely good to learn about new people. Now, so I'm a, um, on campus, I'm a history and political science double major. And I'm very curious of 
about how historians will write about this year. So I think it's sort of a, probably generally agreed upon for those people living through this year. A lot happened. So there's a lot to write about. What do you think those future historians uh, will write about a lot or those or the future artists who make art about this year or documentary? Excuse me. What do you think people will remember and then what do you think people may forget? Um, I think for the most part when we're talking about like, um, I guess history in general, it really depends on who the historians are since I remember in high school when we'd read like accounts, it would really depend on the perspective. And I think especially with this year being such a politically charged year, I think it depends on the political views of the um, person as well. Because let's say if it was a Democrat, their views may not necessarily match with those of Republicans. And I think their views on events or like people, important people may not match as well. And they may want to like, I guess, um, not include certain information. But I think for the most part, what will be remembered is probably, I guess, how this year started with like the Australian wildfires. And then um, like there was like the entire world being on the brink of World War III. Um, and then of course the pandemic, which is one of the biggest things. Some things that may be forgotten is probably, are probably like the importance of social media for the most part, like on, I guess, the survival of Gen Z in general, not survival, but like mental well-being of Gen Z, I guess. Um, I think like apps like TikTok won't really be talk, talked about. I think when people in the future, in, when future generations hear about this time, they might think it was so much more tumultuous for like every individual um, than it actually was. So like, I guess, how we view, I guess, the 1918 Spanish influenza, we don't know about the minute details. We just know that a lot of people died at, in the, sorry. Sorry, that was my phone. But um, a lot of people like died in the process. A lot of people had to suffer. But we don't really know about how each individual spent their time. And I think, um, or like the majority of individuals spent their time during that time, or how they were able to like overcome the virus and stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, those details would be left in, I guess, left when in history textbooks. And I think a lot of the emotions that we felt during this time will definitely not be included because um, it's more of a factual thing about what happened. Well then, uh, what does like a, what does a typical day for you look like now? Well, I mean, now that I have college, um, it was kind of different from the beginning of quarantine where I just pretty much relaxed for the entire day and like spend the entire day on TikTok or something. But now, I mean, I wake up, I just do work for the most part. Um, once in a while, I'll like FaceTime my friends and stuff just to like talk um, and maintain sanity. But beyond that, it's nothing too, um, it's nothing too exciting in general. And I think that mundane aspect as it is in high school, I think the routine was pretty mundane, but this has added like a whole new element in terms of like not being able to go outside. And that other day, I think we went outside for like three hours or something. And it just felt like we took an entire vacation at that moment. And so it was definitely um, a change in perspective. Um, you also mentioned that like the everyday emotions uh, may not be written about. So I'm just curious, what is your everyday emotions in a very general sense uh, have been? What have they been? Um, a lot of it has just been confusion and like anxiety about the future. Um, as I mentioned before, I was just like unnecessarily stressed. But I think 
a lot of boredom is involved. Um, I get bored quite often. I think in general, it just depends on a day-to-day basis. Like a lot of times I think that outside weather is what dictates my, I guess, emotion and outlook on the day since that's like the most connection I have with like the outside world other than like walking outside sometimes. I think um, if it's like a rainy day, I just tend to feel more glum than I would on regular days. And yeah, I mean, most of it is just like, a very if I had a color to describe my emotions, it would just be like gray. It would be very bleak, not not too much um excitement at all. I think that would definitely be I mean, I don't think it would be a big deal if it was left out of history textbooks, but at the same time it's something that would be um interesting to learn about if people were able to like um get access to like that first account, first hand account. I know a few questions ago. Um, I said, I asked if you could send a message to yourself, if you could send a message to the future historians, what would that be? I mean, first of all, I tell them about the importance of like bias in terms of like writing history, since I think omitting facts based on, I guess, your own personal like views is definitely not something that should be done especially since so many events happened this year if certain ones were omitted versus certain ones were like kept in it might completely change the worldview the future world's view on like what 2020 was like and so i think first of all overcoming that entire bias perspective would be one of the most important messages to send to future historians and i mean like i think that's pretty much like the biggest thing i could think about um being sure to like include, like I said, like the little details about, I guess, firsthand accounts from some people like adding quotes about it. And um, I know like in history textbooks, they have like that little quote section where they talk about like um, the firsthand experience of someone like from their diary or something like that. So including those are especially important to get the entire gist of how 2020 has been for us. How would you feel if this interview was included either in a textbook later on or a more narrow book on a certain aspect of 2020. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would be pretty cool. Um, seeing my perspective from like the past versus in the future, especially that far in the future, um, it would definitely be intriguing to see how my perspective has changed over time, and it will definitely make me feel old because at that time I'll just be like, oh my god, that was so long ago. Um, like one of the biggest like events in our lives were just was just so long ago so I think I'll feel definitely surprised um old and of course I'll be hit with like an entire wave of nostalgia because at that time I can't imagine this being that much like that a fundamental part of my life like it's been a pretty fundamental part of my life but I'm sure I'll forget these like little details over time and I think being reminded of them all over again would definitely bring back a wave of sentiments um is there any, you've spoken about this a little bit, but I was wondering, is there anything that um, has happened this year to you or you think will, will have bigger societal impacts, however big or small you want to apply it to, that you would like to keep or that you hope people keep with them instead of yeah. being able to go back to normal or move on from 2020? Mm-hmm. I think um, from this year, a lot of people have learned to find happiness in like the smallest things. Like I think that entire materialistic um, outlook on life has kind of decreased since we haven't had as much access to like consume um, goods other than like online and stuff. And I feel like keeping that would be definitely very useful for future generations. And I think um, 
not only that, not only do they seek material happiness, but they seek happiness from like those around them. And a lot of people, including myself, have learned about the importance of like family and how important like um, getting along with family members and being able to rely on them during difficult situations is versus allowing them to rely on you as well. I think that's definitely a very important um, thing to get to because I think family, especially since we live with them all the time, is something that we take for granted in the real life world, I guess, um, pre-COVID. And I think being able to appreciate them fully is definitely one of the key, I guess, um, takeaways that I'd want to have from this entire experience. What do you think the biggest news story has been in the past? Uh, roughly two weeks. Doesn't have to actually be two weeks, but just to give a time frame. What's like? What's the biggest recent news story? Um, well, I guess the release of the vaccine, because like I know um, they've started using the, I think it was the Pfizer vaccine and mm -hmm. one other one. They started Moderna. using it on healthcare workers, um, and that was definitely very uplifting to hear about, especially after all this time, like where we've heard about like mostly bad news. I mean, of course, like some people found the presidential election results to be good news or bad news, depending on how they swing. But um, other than that, I think the most recent news that everybody has been looking forward to is definitely the release of the vaccine and seeing that it's been tested. Of course, we don't know the long-term effects, but it's definitely a good piece of news to have as of now and kind of gives us hope for like the future um, months coming along. Do you feel comfortable taking the vaccine when it's available to you? I think, yeah, I would be comfortable with taking the vaccine. Of course, we don't know about the long-term effects where that just brings a sense of discomfort. But I think overall, in the grand scheme of things, being able to um, be immune against the vaccine or protected for the most part against the, against the virus is definitely especially important. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that would also not only help me, but also help like others around me, other immunocompromised people if I'm not able to like spread it around to them too which is also a big um, thing when determining like whether I should take the vaccine or not. Um, other than that, I think I trust that Pfizer and Moderna and like any other companies have tested them enough. Of course, like if there's like a third rate um, vaccine out, I def probably would not take that one. But I think at least for Pfizer and stuff, they've been updating us consistently. And I think I trust taking that vaccine. What do you miss most about pre-COVID? I mean, most of it is just social interaction. Since I'm like more of an extrovert, I like talking to people. Um, most of it is just being able to meet people in person and not having like any inhibitions, like whether um, it be shaking hands or like virtually hugging and stuff. I think being able to do that is definitely something that I miss quite a lot. Um, and just conducting daily activities, like going out on a jog without worrying about whether people are near me or just like going out to buy groceries without like staying a cart apart from each other. Mm -hmm. um, those are definitely factors that I definitely miss. Cause I think even if I go out now um, and try to have fun, I can't remotely have it because I'm always concerned about, oh, will I be getting the virus like anytime soon if I'm not like six, at least six feet away from this person. And I think that entire mentality is something that I definitely don't wanna have. And having that um, more free mentality from the past is something I miss. Um, sorry, I was looking down at my questions to see if what I have left written down. Um, 
I meant to ask this before at the start of the interview, because it wouldn't make much more sense to ask then, but really simply, how are you doing? I am well. Thank you for asking. But yeah, um, for the most part, I think I've learned to deal with this entire COVID situation. Um, now it's just a matter of getting through like exam season, because I'm just going one day at a time at this point, or one week at a time. Um, I finished my chem exam this morning, and it went well. So I'm just pretty happy right now. I'm like on cloud nine for now. Um, yeah, and like winter break is just a week away. And so there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I miss this entire pandemic situation. So I mean, like these little, I, like I said before, these little um, pieces of happiness are what are kind of getting me through this entire situation um, as we navigate along throughout the year. And then is there, I always like to give this opportunity, but th is there anything else you would like to talk about that we haven't already? Um, I guess like, I guess I can ask you about like what, how, how your interests have changed during COVID and stuff like that. Um, have they been pretty much the same or? Um, they've changed somewhat, I think. I think I've realized that I shouldn't wait on different projects or things where I would have before. Um, this entire interview series came because one, I realized it'd be nice to actually have a record of people, but also mm -hmm. just because I wanted to talk to people and I hadn't seen them in months. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely it taught me that I need to be more, uh, definitely taught me don't to wait, not to wait on an idea if it's good for interests. Show me, I want to work in public service somehow and government somehow. So it's definitely show me the importance of good government work and how, what happens when that's not done and how detrimental that can be. So it's, it's showing me um, the necessity of that and made it much more serious. Everything's become more serious and more real because of this year for me. Yeah. And I guess like, um, wait, I, I had a question in mind, but then I completely forgot. But yeah, I get that. Um, I think especially like running a proper government is definitely important since before, I used to think that government, like political po politics and medicine were like mutually exclusive. I was like, oh, if I'm going to go into medicine, I don't really need to know about how the government works. I don't really need to know about um, the legislative branch, branch or whatever. Um, but I think from this experience, I've learned that there's actually like a big overlap. And I think we can't avoid talking about politics in a lot of situations. We can't say that, oh, I don't follow politics anymore. We can't afford to do that since it's not only our lives that are being impacted, but those like around us. And I think for healthcare workers at least, um, and many other people in other careers, I think in order to make the, I guess, nation first a better place, it's definitely important to like um, face these problems head on and just like discuss them with each other to make overall like improvements in society, which I think a lot of people, if I ask people in older generations in like social situations, they wouldn't necessarily be willing to talk about their political standpoints and stuff, but being able to like discuss them is definitely very important. So is there anything else before I ask my last two questions? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. So then, uh, so these are the only questions that have stayed the same throughout all, every single interview, but this one, um, I want to ask you, what do you think the next steps are? And that could be the next steps for you, for your family, for your school, the entire world. It's just however small or big you want to apply that to. 
Mm-hmm. But what do you think those next steps should be? I think on a personal level and like on an international level, it's first recovering from this entire like setback we've had. Um, for me personally, just like being able to apply to a lot of inter- a lot of like internships and stuff and clinical experiences that I wasn't able to have before, um, catching up on a lot of like missed out opportunities is definitely one of the big ones. I don't know if I'll necessarily be able to travel again, but um, I definitely want to if I do get time next summer or like over winter break. Um, so that's definitely something that I want to be caught up on. Um, other than that, I think like just being able to restart a lot of businesses, especially since like smaller businesses have been severely impacted. I think being able to restart those over time and um, building trust in one another, like being able to trust my close friends that they've been safe and I've been safe and just like overall, like being able to interact with one another again uh, on a regular basis is definitely something that I'd want to be changed. And like making more friends in college is also another thing since I have like I've made friends but I think a person's like online persona is not exactly the same as theirs in person and I think being able to gauge that entire um whether I vibe with them or not in real life would be um something that I'd have to see after this entire pandemic situation occurs and then overall that's just it being able to like recover um catch up on lost time and get back on our feet And then my last question, which is either um, the easiest to answer or for some people the hardest, are you hopeful? Oh, for sure. I think like, as I was saying before, after the entire vaccine, um, after the entire vaccine news came out, I'm especially hopeful. I think I was feeling most, um, not depressed, but like most, I guess, hopeless in the middle of summer when um, I thought this would end at August and it just continue to go on but I think now we're like heading toward we can see the light at the end of the tunnel basically at this point I think we're heading towards progress um the situation doesn't seem to be as like hopeless anymore I think there's been some good news not only bad news um because I think in June or so that's like when the entire like um police brutality thing was happening as well in addition to COVID and I think At that point, when I looked at the news, it was just all bad news. There was nothing positive to, like, look forward to in the future. And I think now having that and looking forward to, like, I guess, um, I've been applying to labs on a personal level and being able to look forward to that and go, like, um, getting accepted into these labs are also pretty Mm -hmm. exciting. And I think on a personal level and a worldwide level, I definitely think there's something that everyone should look forward to at this point, um, depending on their situation. Uh, well, I want to thank you for agreeing to be interviewed and taking the time out of your day to be interviewed by me. And no problem. Um, I really enjoyed it, too. Thank you. And uh, once again, this was a moment in history, I believe our 54th episode, as we uh, try to get to 16 wrap-up by the end of the year. Uh, this is WCCS Podcast, and I'm Harrison Zyberg. And for all the people who will listen to this in the next few days, I hope this tells you a little bit more about someone else's perspective. And for anyone who listens to this, years from now that it just tells you what living through this year was like. And to everyone, thank you for listening.